0: much paralyzing terror as in the hair raising orgy of baggage. the out of the streets to tell their friends how wonderful it is to be scared
1: to death. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 860 of Dread Media. I'm your host, Desmond Reddick, back with you for another great episode. 860. Ay-ay-ay. Crazy. Anyway, uh, this week... Well, you know what? First of all, let me say, hey, you want to support the show? How does 25 cents an episode, or 20 cents an episode some months where there's two Monday or two, five Mondays, <laughs> uh, go to patreon.com slash dread media and support the show for as little as a dollar a month. Get yourself early episodes, Get, uh, perks like, uh, exclusive podcasts and videos and all sorts and fiction. Yeah. yeah, It's a, it's all over there. Patreon.com slash dread media. I, uh, I appreciate the patron dreadites. Head on over there and do that if you deem the show worthy. And, and, uh, and, and I hope you do. I mean, this is the 860th straight week running. Of dread media. And this week we're talking about sort of offbeat Frankenstein stories. So, um, this is predicated with the feature review, which is, uh, Tom and I talking about the movie called Angry. Sorry. I guess the angry black girl and her monster. And, uh, and you know, it's a really good movie. And then I'm coming back and I'm doing a Dread Media top five. I'm cheating in this top five hugely, by the way. It's a top, uh, nine, I guess. <laughs> Me and my, uh, my ties, but it's my podcast. God damn it. I'm doing a top five, you, you know, sort of like, uh, non-traditional expressions of Frankenstein's monster through all sorts of media. We'll get there. We'll get there. And we're going to play some Frankenstein-y songs. And in fact, look, (laughs) I really hope you enjoy Alice Cooper because you're about to get a, uh, a two-for-Tuesday here on Friday evening as I'm recording this. <laughs> it's a Friday double shot of Alice Cooper. First up, before we get to the review of The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster with Desmond and Tom, we've got Alice Cooper with a song that uh made new heights on the Wayne's World soundtrack. A uh, thinly veiled euphemism uh, for a filthy act. Uh, <laughs> we're getting to "Feed My Frankenstein" by Alice Cooper.
2: Yes, yes, I know you're hungry. Ah, and here comes dinner. Feed my-
1: Well, we've talked about three movies that came out this year today, and mm-hmm. this is the only one of those that may end up on my end of the end of the year list, I believe.
3: It's the only one worth a damn yeah.
1: that, that we viewed, and, totally ha- and I have to say, uh, I wasn't—I didn't have the uh, highest hopes going into it.
3: Right. I mean, I the only after, reason I suggested it was because of its outrageous
1: name. Yeah, it's got a great, it's got a pretty great title. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, it gave me something I didn't quite expect, and that's the beautiful thing about movies sometimes. This yes. is 2023's, uh, it's available on Shudder, The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster, which is written and directed by Bomani J. Storey and well it's sort of a modern black spin on the Frankenstein tale mm-hmm. with uh with a young lady uh leading the cast played by uh Leia Delion Hayes or Delion and sure she that.
3: is a revelation
1: yes wow what a great performance from her holy shit really fun
3: this is a per- I, this is you know, in an earlier review, we talked about how the, the main character was, unlo- was just totally unlikable on every level. Yeah. Here's a character that's unlikable, but you can understand why she's unlikable. Yeah. And you have sympathy for her and uh, understand her behavior.
1: Yeah, definitely.
3: Definitely. And... um yeah, this is, a, despite its campy title, this is yeah. actually has something to say.
1: Yeah, it really, really does. Um, she is a brilliant science student who, uh, is living. I'm not sure where this takes place, but, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, in, in a, um, housing project
3: that has,
1: um, Says so it was filmed in North Carolina. So, I mean, I, yeah. I really, I think maybe the idea is it's in a housing project literally anywhere in America.
3: Yeah. I mean, it could be Compton. It could be, um, it could be, you know, Forest Green. It could be any of these. It could be Ohio, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but, um, so, it, it is not, there's a, a reason why it's not set in a specific area.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh and yeah so the opening seconds of uh of the film uh are looking down on a dead body uh, mm-hmm. of of a young man uh perhaps either shot or stabbed i think there's blood on his stomach right yeah is that right yeah and then and then he is dragged away it the corpse is dragged away uh by an unseen assailant however it very Quickly becomes evident that, uh, Vicaria, the young, the young science student, has Mm -hmm. dragged her brother's body back to her house so that she can experiment on it because she believes that death is a disease and a disease can be cured and she has decided that, uh, at all, you know, to, you know, at all risk to, uh, bring her brother back to life. Mm-hmm. And that's her kind of quest amidst a sort of urban scape of violence. Uh, You know, there's a very effective sequence in this movie where a little, it's a little boy that's killed, right? Sort of outside yes. their house. Yeah. It's just very, very effective, very evocative, very, uh mm-hmm. yeah, very good. It, very there's good this movie. moment. I mean, it's not good that moment. that happened, of course, but it's a great, it's a good movie. It's a really good movie.
3: Because basically it's like we have this moment of, Intimacy between our main character and her father mm-hmm. that is interrupted by gunshots right and we find out later it is this character that we saw in a couple of the earlier scenes that Vicaria, the uh, uh, the main character played as we said by Layla de Leon Hayes. Uh, warned this kid, don't fuck with these gangs. But he's like, well, what else am I going to do? Right. Um, the reason I thought it was probably Southern California was because it seemed like these were there was a definite allusion to the Crips, to the, you know the, oh. the red.
1: Stands. Oh right. Okay. Uh,
3: but the gang is run by Kango, uh, played by Denzel Whitaker, and his. Uh, muscly sidekick with the machete. Right. Right. And uh they are they are openly selling drugs. They even have like a throne in front of his house. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um and it's a the, the, she's doing these terrible things, our hero. But you can't argue with it considering how terrible her surroundings are.
1: No, totally.
3: And you know she's obviously overachieving. Point where she's in a "quote unquote" bougie school, as as somebody calls it, and she's being looked down upon because she's obsessed with death.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, the 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 one the one uh, white character with any substantial lines mispronounces her name. Right. Miss uh, asks um, asks her father where Where are you from originally? It's <laughs> it's you sound it sounds European. To which, of course, and and the guy who played the father is is really not, good. Yes, he is because he has that moment where I'm, look, like, I'm
1: looking for him. Oh, is he? That's is that Chad L. Coleman? That's who
3: I think it is. Yeah, yes. that's that's Ned who L. it is. L. Yeah
1: couldn't couldn't see the picture the, very well cuz it's like a almost like a full body picture of him so i had to get in there and see yeah that's him he's great holy shit
3: yeah that that is definitely and he's also been on um
1: oh Jorval yeah yes he's Clyden <laughs> cool that's a so, that's um, Bo- he's he's Bortis's husband right yep yeah that's funny i love has, that show Give us a fourth season, God damn it, you cowards!
3: <laughs> he has this great moment where he basically, talk, you know, responds to this woman and ends with it saying, "Oh, and by the way, my last name is German, and we think that's because somebody branded it on um, an ancestor of mine."
1: Right, right, man. Oh yeah, he was Z, and it's always funny in Z- Philadelphia. Uh he plays Bruno Mannheim on that Superman and Lois show, thirteen episodes. I haven't
3: yeah, I haven't seen the, the yeah. Superman and Lois. Yeah,
1: me neither. Bruno so. Man that's the leader of Intergang, right? Yes. Am I making, yeah, yes, okay. It I is. thought I was getting
3: yes, that, right. Yes it is. He gets to talk to Dark Side on on the
1: on the television. Right. Yeah, no chad um, Chad Coleman is great. Yeah, that interaction with the teacher is just top notch.
3: Top notch. I think this film is really great. I think that uh, the monster is wisely kept to abstract shots.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I like what they did with uh, Jada. Is the character's name the, the little girl yeah. having seen him and stuff? Yes. Really cool. The only M- makes for some have- makes for some creepy moments.
3: Yeah, yeah. The only problem I have with with the film as a whole is the ending. Which I think is a little, considering how grim this movie has been, it's a little too, and they all lived happily ever after.
1: Right, right, yeah. It's it's a little it's a little neat. It's a little neat. Yeah. Yeah.
3: After watching that ending, I had this horrible vision of um, Vicaria and Jada doing like a horror movie show. <laughs> on their local, on their local uh, public access television,
1: right, right.
3: Basically, being the being the little girl, uh, <laughs> being a little girl, Igor. It's <laughs> <That's> pretty good. <laughs> I think that it, it, it's kind of what ends up happening. Kind of is disingenuous with the message of the story. Yeah. But it's it, other than that. I I enjoyed this film thoroughly.
1: Yep, definitely. Me
3: too. Um, I, uh, it, it also is about ninety minutes because you don't need to stretch something out to two plus hours. People.
1: No, definitely not. Yeah, it's in. It's in. Gets in. Gets done. Gets out before wearing out. It's welcome. Tells a tells a good story. Tells a profound story in a lot of ways. Uh, Provides at least two great performances. Uh, I don't know.
3: I I, 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 I shouted out uh, Denzel Whitaker as well. I like. Right. Yeah. I, he's
1: good. He's good too. He's yeah.
3: somebody who is presented as a monster until we see. There's one bit that that gives us enough sympathy for him that we're actually kind of pulling for him in that right. third act.
1: Right. That's 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 true. That's true. But for me, like, no. this movie like, really hangs on the relationship between uh, yeah. Vicaria and her father. So,
3: Vicaria and her father, and her brother's baby mama.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna say aunt, but yeah, it's more steps or sister in law, I guess. Yeah.
3: Um, and, and of course Jada. Yeah, the, the
1: the relationships in this movie are really well drawn. The characters all feel fleshed out right uh like this is everybody's a good actor you know there's no bad performances uh everything makes sense except for i i think tonally the ending is not is also yeah. also not what i would have gone for mm-hmm. uh not what i what I would have wanted but I still I still think I'm going to give this movie. well I mean it's only we're only 11 minutes into this but I don't know how much more there is to say uh, other than you guys really it, it, should watch unlike, this
3: unlike the previous film we talked about it had a theme mm-hmm. it had something it wanted to explore it did a great bait and switch in that here's this really ridiculous title that we know you're going to think is going to be an over-the-top over goof-fest.
1: Goof yeah, you kind of see that title, and you're like, oh, okay. But yeah, I, I suppose that the title can almost work against it.
3: Yeah, I, I think, though, that that's part of the charm of the film. Is yes, it's, yeah. It's the carrot before you get the stick. Yeah. And I, I wonder if that ending was uh, a studio thing.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It just it seems off from the rest of the film. It's, it doesn't really feel like that's what, you know, that's, that, that that is the ending that we were, you know, led to expect. And, and, and it, it doesn't subvert expectations in, it doesn't like, subvert in a way expectations. where you're like, oh, wow. You know, it's just sort of like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and,
3: and if you think about it, the Vicaria learns nothing.
1: Right, right. <laughs> yeah,
3: you know, there is there is a specific kind of uh, and, and I, I, I love the the fact that the, the way the monster's motivations are discovered. I love the way um, we learn. This isn't a story about revenge.
1: Right, right.
3: It's it's a story about something. It's a, it's a story about a cancer. Right. That is that is social.
1: Yeah, it's and it's sort of like the the constant grief and re-grief of living like, in that uh, kind of life, you know. Yeah. So Man. I I think this movie says a lot. I think I think it does it really well. Um, it may have have had me a little confused at the end, but uh, yeah. overall, this is definitely a worthy watch. Uh, it's something that, uh, I don't know. I hey. think you, uh, you can, sh- you can show it to your kids. I think if they're, you know, able to take, think, a, yeah, take there, a little there bit is scares some of one, violence but it's and stuff not, like that. But yeah, no, yeah. I think this is, it's, I, I would sort of consider this actually like kind of like young adult horror almost, mm-hmm. you know, what's, is there a rating? I don't, I don't think there has to be, but, uh, but, 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 but I don't see, I don't see a rating. But yeah, I mean oh yeah, ratings are near the top, right? Not rated. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I, I would sort of consider this sorta of young adult horror. Yeah, I think. I think if you know your thirteen year old is sorta of interested in horror, I think that they'll probably get a lot out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um I would
3: i, I I'm wavering between a three point five to a four.
1: Oh yeah? on
3: this right? i'm, I'm I, going
1: I, I, i'm going 4.5 on this one
3: okay yeah. okay i, I, I want to make a point though this thing whereas the other films that we reviewed that came out this year in this yeah. session
1: yeah that is we could say them uh, that is uh, evil VHS. dead rise and vhs 1985 and uh you're I, you've probably heard one of those already and another one yet to come perhaps who knows
3: Right. But the point I'm trying to make is that these were films that were much ballyhooed. Yeah. And this film came in literally on a little cat feet. Yeah. I did not know it existed until I I saw the title and I said, that sounds like a me and Des film.
1: (laughs) Um, And boom, it pops up on Shudder and we're good to go. Yeah. And and it's like. And honestly, I kind of trust Shudder a lot. Be, be, I, a lot I, of these shutter originals are pretty good.
3: Mm-hmm. But but my my point being, don't close yourself. Don't you know? Go towards the bright light. Huh? Because sometimes the the biggest oh, joys, right, <laughs> are something like this, which nobody knew about until yeah. it just popped up. Yeah. You know? So
1: essentially, what you got? You got like. Two fifth, fifth movies in a series <laughs> that are, yeah. that are, that are both, you know, don't really have any fresh, uh, vi- vi- vital stuff in it. And then you've got this one, which is just, you know, it takes arguably the oldest trope of science fiction, <laughs> you know, from Frankenstein itself. And, oh, yeah, and
3: it, it, it's one of the, one of the archetypes.
1: Yeah. And it in- interpolates. That modern uh mad scientist theme uh in uh in a interesting way socially and culturally, and I think it does it very well and uh, i I want to see more from this filmmaker. I actually haven't again Bomani j story I'm looking up to see if there's anything else that he's done seems just uh some shorts. this was his first feature film, wow okay yeah. I look forward so, to seeing more. Yeah, no,
3: check it out, guys. Don't be put off by the goofy title.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Good stuff. And, uh, yeah, why not leave with some Alice Cooper? How about it? Teenage Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> hey. hey, When it's appropriate, it's appropriate. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, let's, 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 let's get, let's get our, uh, let's get our, our, uh, Alice Cooper on.
1: My friends, that's the last you are going to hear of uh, Alice Cooper in this episode. <laughs> I very rarely do two. Look, I very rarely do two songs by the same artist in a month, let alone two in a single episode. So, uh, you know, but sometimes, hey, look, sometimes you gotta just pay tribute to the king. Right. Come on. Come on. All right. What are we here for? Oh, yeah, right. We're here for another <clears throat> dread, dread, media dread media top, top five. five. That's right. Another dread media top five. This time we are looking at a dread media Top five non-traditional expressions of Frankenstein. You know, sort of in, you know, uh, tribute to, uh, the angry black girl and her monster, which is in itself a non-traditional expression of, uh, Frankenstein. So, I, and I'm cheating because I have a bunch of ties and I've got a franchise. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. It's my podcast. Fuck you. Uh, my number five. Uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a tie between two movies. First off, we've got um, so there's this movie, uh, the Frankenstein theory. It's I talked about it on the podcast. This is a found footage movie um, about. Uh, you know, like, like this film crew going to investigate, uh, uh, sightings of, you know, Frankenstein's monster, you know, like in the Arctic and shit. And, uh, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's sort of, here's something funny. It's actually kind of unique in Frankenstein monster lore in that, uh, this Frankenstein's monster is a vicious, uh, merciless killing machine. So, uh, yeah. And, and you know what? I think it's, I think it's a pretty decent movie. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. I saw it, what, what, it came out in 2013. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's in, it's part of a solo review in a, in a dread media episode 11 years ago so you can go back and look at that i don't know in spotify or you know, <laughs> you know in the archive on earth2.net so uh yeah frankenstein theory uh that's uh that's part of it and shit maybe this is when i interviewed tiffany Shepas. i can't remember 2010 Wait, yeah, 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 2010 was even earlier, Dread Media, that might have been then, that might have been then, yeah, I I recorded, uh, was it this, yeah, that interview, well, the interview I recorded with Tiffany Sheepis, I recorded in the second classroom of the uh, alternate school that I, that I worked in. Uh, Like, I took, you know, I took like 20 minutes away to go into a room to (laughs) record something for my podcast. And my principal, who very rarely came around, came looking right at that point, (laughs) saw me doing it, (laughs) holding a microphone. (laughs) (laughs) and talking to Tiffany Sheepis on my cell phone and recording her voice and looking over me like, oh, yeah, 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 okay, all right, yeah, all right. (laughs) It may have been for this movie. It may have been for this movie. And this movie is The Prometheus Project. There's another title. It was called something else, too. The Frankenstein Syndrome. Is that what it was? I think it was... Oh yeah, Frankenstein syndrome. Yes. That's that's what it was when I think I reviewed it. So that's what you'd find it in the uh you know in the uh in the archive. I think it's Frankenstein syndrome that I watched. But yeah, that was uh you know an interesting take. I love Tiffany Sheepis. Uh this one was directed by her husband, Chantretta. Uh yeah, good stuff, good stuff. We're going to switch now from uh, from movies to comic books, and we're going to stick with uh, Marvel Comics right here. First off, this is sort of the main thing, but I also wanted to throw a shout out to the other thing. But uh, the main thing here is, you know, I've mentioned it before. Uh, I did a um, Dying in the Gutters segment about it way back in the day. I think I remember recording that. And I think that was in the townhouse. That would have been... Oh, 15 years ago, at least. 15 years ago? Yeah. Holy shit. It's been a long time, podcasterinos. Anyway, uh, I'm talking about the Monster of Frankenstein. I'm talking about the classic Marvel Comics comic book, Monster of Frankenstein, um, and, uh, and it's, you know, later run. So it, it became Frankenstein Monster, and then there's, you know, some other appearances through, you know, Monsters Unleashed, Giant Size Werewolf, uh, a, le- uh, a Legion of Monsters. Uh, you know, I've just got the collection in the, uh, Essential, uh, book here, but like, the list of creators on this series. Now, you know, I said, I said it was, I said it was non-traditional, but look like, so the first four issues, I believe of this series uh, of the series, uh, you know, the monster of Frankenstein is basically an adaptation of the novel. And then from there, you know, from there, Frankenstein's monster goes wherever, you know what and like stumbles through the Marvel Universe a little bit too it's It's really cool uh the uh, the list of you know like great uh comic book names involved here are writers like Gary Friedrich and Doug Monk with uh legendary fucking artists. Listen to the artists here Mike Plug Mike Plug's Frankenstein work is iconic. John Basima. John Basima's Frankenstein work is iconic. John Basima's Conan work is iconic. You know, holy shit. Val, Val Myrick. You know, Val Myrick on fucking Howard the Duck. Val Myrick on... Uh, he, this is monsters unleashed. I think Thalmeric did. Oh, I think he also did. Yeah. He also did some monsters of Frankenstein as well. Yeah. I mean, that's the shit. I pulled that off the shelf to talk about it. Uh, I'm going to leave it on my desk because, because I think I'm going to try and get back to rereading that even though I have a giant list. No, I'm going to try and just like hammer through the stuff that I still need to read. I got a backlog dudes. Uh, you know, I'm trying to figure that out, but yeah, so my tie for number, uh, four here is another Marvel comic and I'm talking about Frankencastle. Look, I I don't know. Uh, people really shat on it at the time. Um, I picked up the trade. I think I, I think I read, uh, a couple of the issues. This was coming out, I think around the, the time that like Mike and I would do like, you know, weekly, most of the time uh reviews of like upcoming comics. Maybe it wasn't weekly all the time, but you know, like every other week or something. I can't remember. But I'm talking about Franken Castle. So th- this sort of started in the Dark Rain thing. So the whole Frankenstein Franken uh, Frank Castle Frankenstein. Franken Castle story goes from Dark Rain the List, which I think is uh the list of the people that uh the punisher wants to kill during this dark rain era era which is when like the dark rain it was when uh norman osborn was like what like in charge of you know norman osborn was like nick fury at that point so he was like running shit you know and yeah and then, uh, Punisher issues 11 through 16. I don't know what volume number that is. And then it became Frankencastle for issues 17 through 21. And then, uh, also the story really begins in two issues of Dark Wolverine. Now, Dark Wolverine, under uh Norman Osborn's rule, uh Wolverine from those Dark Avengers was uh dakin Daken Daken D A K E N. I'm not sure if there's a definitive pronunciation there. Dakin. Dakin makes sense. Daken. We're the dream warriors. Um Anyway, yeah, Wolverine's son, uh, became Wolverine <laughs> and, uh, and he killed the Punisher. And then the Punisher came back as Frankencastle and joined the Legion of Monsters and like did this really wicked, fun fantasy adventure. And I absolutely adored it. I absolutely adored it. It's the same feeling I have with like Jason Aaron's run on, uh, Ghost Rider, you know, like just like wild abandon, crazy ideas, uh, uh, an embrace of the weird and embrace of the fun, but still being like super crazy and violent and cool. Yeah. No, come on. Good shit. Good shit. Anyway. Yeah. That's number four. <laughs> Number 3. Yeah, number 3 is another comic book that I am going to um not talk too much about, but also really express that you should really try and hunt it down whether it's digital or uh in trade paperback. You know, I'm, I'm it's, I assume it's still in print. Uh Victor Laval's Destroyer. Uh, from, I believe, yeah, Boom Studios, Victor Laval's Destroyer, Victor Laval, who wrote, uh, you know, uh, The Ballad of Black Tom, which is like an amazing, like, inversion of Lovecraft's, uh, 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 The Horror Red Hook, right? Is that the right story? I think so. And, yeah, just, like, really cool. And then, He goes and writes this comic book for Boom Studios, which is, I don't know if it's modern day or if it's near future, but there's this woman and her son is either dying or dead and in stasis. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've read it at the very beginning here. But, uh, so she is, like, trying, you know, like, using, like, the extremes of science to try and save her son, and it turns out she is, you know, well, her son is the last in line of the Frankenstein, uh, bloodline, and... So while she's trying to save her son, the original Frankenstein's monster is hunting them both. And yeah, just what a great fucking idea to play on that, you know, like, ugh, so good. So good. Victor Laval rules. Truly believe Victor Laval will be looked at as a legend, you know? In you know, in like 20 years, truly. Anyway, number two, number two, I'm talking about a franchise. I'm talking about the great, the late great, Stuart Gordon's film Reanimator. Reading about the um, development and uh, filming... And Reception of this film in Stuart Gordon's memoir was a blast. It's absolutely 100% a reason to be reading it. Uh, there's stuff in there that you've never seen before in interviews. Uh, really great. Really great. Uh, anyway came out in 85, you know, it's, I, I, ironically, it's not, it's not an adaptation of course of Frankenstein in any way, but it's got the same vibe. It's about, you know, like, you know, it's about bringing the dead back to life and it just so happens to be, you know, lightly based on, HP Lovecraft's uh serialized stories about um, about Herbert West the reanimator uh but I, I think the the success of Reanimator in a lot of ways is, is on the shoulders of Jeffrey Combs. I, 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 a truly iconic performance that actually carries through to the sequel Bride of Reanimator. Honestly, you know, you know, Brian and directed it. It's, it's a lesser effort, of course, but I, I think it's a worthy sequel. And I'm actually going to say, I'm, I'm, Nowhere near as much as Bride of Reanimator, but I have a weird fondness for Beyond Reanimator from 2003. Is that right? Yeah, 2003, also directed by Brian Usna. It's just, I mean, it's because Jeffrey Combs is Herbert West and he's in all these films and he carries it. it, it it's the same vibe of watching, you know, Doug Bradley as pinhead. You know what I mean? The films are lesser, but you still have you still you still get that rush, you know, when when the voice comes out. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. All right. Yeah. So that's what. That's number 2, is that right? So I labored about even including this. <laughs> <laughs> because in some ways this is an adaptation of Frankenstein, but I believe in most ways it is seriously just an homage. It's its own film, of course, and it's one of my all-time favorite movies. So that's why we have so many ties because I was like, all right, well, I've, I've already got Monster of Frankenstein. Let me include another Marvel comic book and just say Frankencastle, the time Punisher came back to life to fight for justice as, well, to, you know, to fight for vengeance as a, a, a living dead version of the Punisher. Um, I mean, these are just like, bold expressions of the same thing. And honestly, the greatest bold expression of this love for truly not only one of the greatest horror stories of all time but also one of the greatest science fiction stories of all time all hail Mary Shelley for Frankenstein which I which is a novel that uh, I, I will always go back and reread because it is so so good look Dracula is very dense very very dense and I don't think that like the Phantom of the Opera has a great reread value you know what I mean but Frankenstein god damn that novel's so fucking good so fucking good but for me the greatest uh sort of take on Frankenstein ever is Mel Brooks 1974 young Frankenstein. One of the best movies ever made. One of the funniest movies ever made. You got Gene Wilder. You got Madeline Kahn. Marty Feldman. Peter Boyle. Cloris Leachman. Terry Garr. Look, RIP to so many of them. Jesus. Fuck. You know, just like ridiculous cast. Hilarious film. uh Beautiful film. You know, using so much of... Uh, the sets from the original Universal, uh, monster movies, the, you know, obviously particularly the Frankenstein movies, um, really added to the vibe. It's truly a beautiful piece of filmmaking and also a fucking hilarious piece of comedy. Uh, Young Frankenstein is truly one of the best films ever made. So it's my number one. Uh, and and i was sort of like fighting whether to be you know like introducing this onto the list at all because it is so like actually sort of faithful to frankenstein <laughs> <laughs> that it's almost not an adaptation but more like a uh you know homage so uh young frankenstein number 1 uh look one of the best movies ever made let's get out of here with um uh, one of the great scenes from that movie and it is gene wilder and peter boyle as uh well you know uh respectively dr frankenstein and the monster performing putting on the ritz
0: ladies and gentlemen may i present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure The creature. Please. Remain in your seats, I beg you. We are not children here. We are scientists. I assure you there is nothing to fear. First, may I offer for your consideration a neurological demonstration of the primary cerebellar functions balance and coordination walk heel to toe Ladies and gentlemen, up until now, you've seen the creature perform the simple mechanics of motor activity. But for what you are about to see next, we must enter, quietly, into the realm of genius. Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames et messieurs, damen und herren, from what was once an inarticulate mass of lifeless tissues, may I now present a cultured, Sophisticated man about town. Hit it. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? In the leaf! Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes or cutaway coat, perfect fits. like a million dollar trooper trying mighty hard to look like gary cooper come let's mix where rockefellers walk with sticks or rumbarellas in their midst
1: got to love it. And that is us, my friends. Uh you want to get in touch with me, dreadmediapodcast Podcast at gmail.com. You can join the Facebook group. It's just Dread Media on Facebook. You can f- follow me on the Twitter. You can follow me on the Instagram. You can follow me on the Blue Sky as Dread Media. Blue Sky's got more, but I think like I think you'll find me if you search for Dread Media. I hope so. And hey, uh I just sort of... Yeah, I think I mentioned it at some point. Uh As of January, I have started using Letterboxd. And if you use Letterboxd, I guess you can, like, friend me or something? I don't know. I don't really know how that part works. I'm just, like, watching movies and logging them and writing short little reviews. But also, like... You're going to, like, see reviews of movies that I am talking about coming up <laughs> if you do that. So, like, spoiler warning for episodes of Dread Media, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just... I'm Dread Media. One word. uh The, the D and the M, you know, the Dread and the media are you know, capitalize the first, the first letters of each of those words are capitalized. There's no spaces between the words. I don't know if that matters. I'm new. I'm new, but yeah, uh, a lot of movies are getting watched this year. Let me tell you mofo. All right. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna put the polish on this and get the hell out of here. Uh, I'm going to play one more song. Uh, I understand that, uh, this fella is going back out on tour with that other fella that I played at the beginning of this episode a couple times. Alice Cooper. I'm talking about Rob Zombie. And, uh, this is a song that kicks off the record, uh, was it Hellbilly Deluxe 2? Is that the record? Yeah, I think that's what the record is that this is on this is the one that kicks it off and it's a kind of a badass tune and it's kind of a cool idea for a pulp story of some going co- some kind. And, uh, this is rub zombie and goddamn a L- lot. John five riff machine going on here. This is Jesus Frankenstein. We'll see you guys next week. Take care of yourselves. Take care of others. And g- g- goodbye now.